Hey folks, I'm Bill Stevens, one of the pastors here, and we're so glad that you guys have joined us today. Now look, we're gonna do something a little bit different than what we, than what we planned. We had a whole service all planned out for you. We had, a, we had a, a, serve, a sermon and everything all filmed, but we stopped in the middle of the week and we said, wait a minute, there's so much emotion. There's so much processing that are, that's happening right now within each one of us. And we said, we need to give our people, we need to give all of us space in the midst of our, of our frustration, in the midst of our sadness, in the midst of our confusion, in the midst of our righteous anger and everything else that's coming to the surface. We need a space for that. And so we thought, let's commit this Sunday to that space. Let's, let's give our folks a chance to lament that we can lament together. Let's give our, our folks a chance to reflect together on, let's bring that stuff to the surface. Let's give all of us a chance to acknowledge the racial injustice that we continue to see in our world, our country, and our communities, and within each one of us. And God, help us that we go to God in this. And we say, God, guide us. God, reflect the things that we need to see within us. God, give us peace. God, give us hope. God, we pray for change and that you would hear that prayer of change. We, that's what we're hoping would happen today. We're, it's going to be raw today. We just asked each person to film on their iPhone and we'll put this all together. This isn't going to be a, a political statement. It's certainly not an anti-police statement. No, this is, a, this is us coming together in our pain and confusion and saying we, we need to bring this to the Lord. And so, and then our hope, hopefully in the end, is that it's like the Psalms of lament. In the Bible, they start with questions like, how long, Lord? But in the end, they see a good God that walks with us through every one of our pain, pains and sadness, all that we feel. Our God will walk with us in it. So you guys, give this your attention over the next 40 minutes. Listen to the words that are shared. Listen to the, we're gonna, you're going to hear from Martin Luther King. We're going to have an old speech that maybe you've never heard from before. Read and let those words sink in. Any song that's sung, let those words sink in. You're going to hear from Maurice and Aisha, two of our preaching pastors that you have come alongside and you've said, I want to know how you guys are doing. We're going to get a chance to hear from Mo and Aisha and just for them to process a little bit today too. This is a chance for us to bring it to the surface, to, to take away the distractions, and for just a bit of time, sit with God and then seek God in the midst of all that we are processing. So let's process and journey together. Something said to me, you can't call on daddy now. He's up in Atlanta, 175 miles away. You can't even call on mama now. You've got to call on that something and that person that your daddy used to tell you about. That power that can make a way out of nowhere. I discovered then that religion had to become real to me and I had to know God for myself. And I bowed down over that cup of coffee. I never will forget it. 
Oh, yes, I prayed a prayer, and I prayed out loud that night. I said, Lord, I'm down here trying to do what's right. I think I'm right. I think the cause that we represent is right. But, Lord, I must confess that I'm weak now, I'm faltering, I'm losing my courage. I can't let the people see me like this because if they see me weak and losing my courage, they will begin to get weak. It seemed at that moment that I could hear an inner voice saying to me, Martin Luther, stand up for righteousness. Stand up for justice. Stand up for truth, and lo, I will be with you, even until the end of the world. I tell you, I've seen the lightning flash. I've heard the thunder roll. I've felt sin breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. But I heard the voice of Jesus saying, still to fight on. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. No, never alone. No, never alone. Promise never to leave me. Never to leave me alone. Hey, church family. Today we wanted to invite you all to sit with us. To sit in our heaviness. Our emotions. Our pain. Sit with our frustrations. Sit with our experience. And ultimately sit with our heart in this. Just sit and be with us. This is a raw, unscripted, noble, clear we usually message. have we usually have a point. We usually have something to walk away with and apply this to your life and tie it up in a bow. Um, honestly, as we ask you to sit with us in our, our experience and sit with our hearts, it's all we got. That's all we have in moments like this. It's literally what we have to bring to the Lord. We don't have words. We don't have eloquent speech. This we are at our, um, yeah, this is it. We are at the bottom of our well in, in many ways. Um, so just be with us, please. We, we just want to, this is a different Sunday. And, uh, Maybe you take something away, maybe you don't. But um, we just want to share uh, what's, what, else we, what have we been feeling, the things that we've been facing. Um, I think about a moment like this, and I just think as, me, as we were talking, and we're not sleeping like we used to, we're tossing and turning. And it's or just, like me, I'm just up in the middle of the night doing random things to distract myself. Um, just something as simple as sleep, something as simple. I mean, 
we're tired. We're tired. We're tired, but we can't sleep well. Right. right and now. it's, you just wonder how long. You just wonder why, 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 why. And I, I thought about this the other day because Aisha, as I leave the house these days, is holding me a little bit tighter, holding me a little bit longer than she usually does, holding me, and it's like a hug behind the hug, and it's a kiss behind the kiss because I can feel that she doesn't want to let go. There's something, well, I mean, what is racing through your mind? What do you? I mean, I remember, I think it was like the day after the video of George Floyd was released. And I literally told you, I'm not going to let you go. I was no. just holding you and squeezing you so tight for comfort because I'm not normally an anxious person. I'm not normally paranoid. I'm not normally like living in a space of fear, which I have to combat daily. But it is hard because when my husband goes to leave the house, I do hug him. And the words behind that hug is like, Please make it home safe. I mm. pray you make it home safe. I want to see you. Yeah. This um, tragedy, tragedies, plural, yeah. um, that our world is facing right now has really erupted and uh, brought a lot of things to the surface. And personally, it's brought a, just another reminder to the surface for me. Because sometimes I can normalize... Um, what I would call the, uh, I don't even know how to phrase it, um, the, the navigating life of um, things that we face in the day to day. Uh, it's, bring, it's brought up a few things. One of the things I can remember as we uh, were sitting at, right at the Costco and we sat in the parking lot and it was right at the beginning of the virus and at the top of this month masks. a little bit. We didn't have masks or anything. And um, it's starting to be something where it was required. It became popular for everyone to wear a bandana across their nose, across their face. And it was in that moment that I just thought to myself, there is no way. There's no way that I put on a bandana and walk into an establishment knowing that comes with a perception that comes with something the liberty even if something doesn't happen even if you know all these things i'm sure many people thought this wouldn't happen to me this wouldn't happen to me and to think about i'd rather drive back home than to put on a bandana because that's not what is happening in black America. And it, it was just one more thing that showed me the way that we navigate and contort our ways and our language and our thoughts around some things like this because, because of many reasons. But one main one is that what George Floyd's death did for me as I process a lot of this it showed me how much I operate in survivor mode. Mm -hmm. It showed me how much I'm operating in survival of driving, of, of bandanas, of jogging, jogging, of whatever it may be, whatever it is. Um, and you think about, you know, raising kids. You think about 
what that looks like. You think about how. You think about this is so much and we haven't even got to figuring out where does God play a factor? I mean, we just... I think when I hear you say all this, when I see you have to navigate those different things, like, I feel like the role kind of reverses in the sense of, like, I want to be your protector. Mm. I want to shield you. And I um, am, like, half, you know, your weight. I'm I'm tiny, and there's not a ton that I can do, but I, I want to be the one to... Yeah protect you in this season as much as I can. And you know, in, in all of this, there's something even still that I don't want it to pass. Mm. I actually want this moment to linger. This moment of discomfort, this moment, not just personally, but I mean for everyone, because everyone in America is feeling this. Most of us, at least, are feeling all of this. This is not just a weight for people who are of color and things like that. Many of you are facing this. And there's something I just want to linger and linger, even in this service as we have space for uh, just to reflect and to pause. I want every single one of you to just sit in that, the wrestling of your thoughts, the moments of what does that feel? I mean, I want you to be triggered. I want you to be in a moment where it's uncomfortable. I want these things to happen because if we don't become intentional around this, if we're not pushing ourselves into this, race is something we live. I can't wash off this color. I can't tweet away this color. It's something I'm gonna face. And because you guys are our brothers and sisters, I invite you to share this same weight with us. Don't push away that grieving, that lamenting, that mourning, sit in that, sit in that. And I'm trying to figure out things personally of how I keep moving. And I mean, how are you, how are you what are you grasping for these days? Man, I think what I've been telling myself and others is I feel like I don't have much to give. Mm -hmm. The day after I watched George Floyd the video, um, I was kind of numb because mm. I'm still processing and grieving over Ahmaud and Brianna. And for me, I just had to be okay with someone who normally, you know, really loves prayer and is passionate about prayer. I, I mean, the fact that I can even articulate right now in front of a camera and not be overwhelmed with emotion is nothing but God because I couldn't do that last week. After a few words, I would cry cry and sob and grieve and gosh it, it, it reminds me when my grandfather passed and I try to make sense of it like I just feel like this is it, it's a weight that's crushing my soul you know I talked about that in that message it's heavy and to see in that video mm. the heaviness in his neck that led to his death that messed me up. So I have to go to God and say, God, I don't have no words and just cry and sob, but know that I can, I can still come to him in that. There's things that could take place and I don't, sure, there's no theological answer, but I just sit back and I, why this sin? Why this one? This sin that plagues us all. 
Why this one? I, why my community? Why so long? Why, why our ancestors? Why, why still today? Why in this era? Why in 2020? Why, why? And when, I, and when you say that, I just, I think of the Psalms and that has been something that is comforting to me because there's a lot of whys. There's oh a lot of where, God. Um, there's this, I'm hurting in that. And and through it all, you you look to see and you look around and and to be honest, you know, I, I'm calling friends, I'm calling my grandma and praying me through these different seasons and it's tough. But many of you are wondering, many of you have been thinking, how are my pastors doing? And let's just be all the way real. How are my black pastors doing in this moment? Mm -hmm. If we're going to be honest, especially in any moment, any season, now's the time to be honest. And I, what I love so much about the Christian faith, what I love so much about ascent, what I love so much about God is that it's a place, it's okay to not be okay. Right now, we're just not. And many times we try to be jolly. We try to put on a smile. And it's a lot that's taking place in our world. And maybe you can't share every single experience. But as we invite you into this moment, mourn with us. Sit with us. Because something is hurting us deeply. And it's something that we were born with. That God made me like this, but yet sometimes it's something that uh, is pushed against. It's something that is discriminated against. And so in moments like this, many of you are wondering, many of you are thinking, and it's been some of the greatest things that have happened for us in this season. Being away from home, being away from family, being away from uh, the culture that we grew up in, being in an all-white, majority-white Space, Like I said, we're just being unfiltered. Let's be honest mm -hmm. that we have some of the greatest white community. And I know sometimes you don't want to make things get racial. Hear my heart. As we navigate, as we live in the world, we have a community of people. We have a church family that has surrounded us, reached out to us, text us, supported us, put things on social media congratulate us and maybe you're not even all the way where we are or you know whatever the case may be right but the encouragement and the surrounding of us in this moment and babe can i also yes, say please. um not only encouragement and surrounding us but also speaking up speaking out so saying powerful. hey i may not be able to understand and relate to your experience, but I'm leaning in and I'm educating myself. I'm listening to pastors and authors that are not like me and can offer a different perspective. It, it does something. It's been doing something to our soul so much. And maybe we haven't been able to get back to you on that text. It's a lot that's taking place in our lives, uh, but we see you. We see you. We see you. And it has been such an uplifting thing to our heart. We thank you so much for being you. We thank you for being a saint. We thank you for surrounding us, supporting us. Like I said, this was not something that's planned, scripted, not some point, some takeaway. We just wanted to share with you. And we hope that this is enough because we don't have a lot of words in this season. 
But as we come to you as your pastors, we feel your care and, um, and everything's not okay, but we're hanging in there. We're hanging in there and, um, hanging in there and going to God with exactly what we're feeling and exactly where we are. As you share our moment, sharing our experience, mourn with us, mourn with us, mourn with us. We need you. We need you. And we're so thankful. That's all we got. Hey, you guys, Jim and I wanted to, to give our thoughts around all this as well. And, you know, we haven't talked to each other about it. We haven't, um, we haven't um, tried to orchestrate a sermon together. These are just my thoughts around what's going on and, and Jim thoughts, Jim's thoughts around what's going on. So um, for me, I, what I keep coming back to is, is Romans 12. Uh, Paul says, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And, and what's powerful about that is he's not saying um, just walk alongside those who weep. And he's not just saying um, get some information about those who weep. He's saying weep with those who weep, which means he's saying enter into their story. Enter in, try to enter into their skin and, 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 and do you feel it? Well, to be honest with you, that hasn't been very hard for me. I felt like I've, I've been able to, I've, I've been feeling it. And, and I've been on the edge of tears a lot around this. And it feels like it's, it starts in the middle and it just keeps building out. That it starts right there with George Floyd and, um, and, and the murder. And, and um, where I weep is I think of Gianna. I think of his six-year-old daughter. And I think, I think she has to watch that scene. Just someday she's going to see it when she's older and she understands it. And, and she'll go, I don't understand. She'll see the knee on his neck. When I think about her, his daughter, it, it makes me weep, truly weep for, for the injustice and what she has to experience now. That, I, then it goes out from there and I start thinking about just the systematic racism that we still face in this country. I think about my friend. Maurice is is not just a coworker here. Aisha's not just a coworker. She is she he's my friend. And I think about the fact that when he when he walks down the street, someone will perceive him as a threat or someone will perceive him as as a as as dangerous only because of the color of his skin. And I think about that. He experiences that every single day. He has to think, he has to, to prepare for that. That makes me weep. And then you go even further out of just the injustice and, and, the, and humanity of all of it. I was talking to my daughter Maggie. She's 21 years old and, and she, she was, had a day where she couldn't stop crying. She said, Dad, I just, it's hard for me to find the hope in this. And I got to be honest with you, I'm a I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to be the one that's going to share there is hope. And believe me, I know Jesus is here. I know he's with us. But it's been brutally hard to, 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 to find the hope in the midst of all of this. And I think what bugs me the most, what bugs me the most is I was 22 years old when Rodney King was beaten. I was 22 years old. And, and in, in, that, in that, on those days... I remember, I remember the pain, 
I remember the, the, the jaw-dropping moments, the horrific stuff we saw on television. I remember all of that. I remember the emotion that came with it all. But you guys, within a month was the Summer Olympics of 92. And, and all of a sudden, my thoughts went from Rodney King to whether, whether Carl Lewis is going to win a gold medal. It was that easy to drop it. And so with every subsequent thing that's happened since then, whether it's Trayvon or it's Scott or it's Brianna or any subsequent thing that's happened, to me, it's newsworthy. To me, it's normalized. But to an African-American, it's another domino that falls and another one that falls. And then we get, we get Ahmaud, we get Brianna, we get that, 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 that cell phone call in Central Park. And then we get George, and it, and it cuts us to the core. And I don't want to forget it. I don't want it to be the, the Rockies might start up their baseball season, and all of a sudden I'm now forgetting it. I want this to linger. I want to linger on the injustice. I want to linger on the pain and linger on the righteous anger and linger on the sadness. I want to linger on this and not let it go. That's where I, I'm going, Bill, come on. Where do I got to see it in me? And then how do, I, how do I learn? How do I step into it? How do I grow? And then how do we become conduits of change? How do I become somebody that's saying, I'm going to make, I'm going to be part of the change. And we say, I don't know how to do that. And we stop there and we move on. And we say, well then, okay, we don't know how. Let's keep looking for the ways to be the change that needs to be made. That's where I'm at now. I hope, people say, man, I hope for 2021 to happen. I'm done with 2020. And I say, not for me. I, I need to linger on this for a lot longer. I need, I need this to sit with me for a while. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, that's actually hard to even follow up. <laughs> so um, I, I feel that and I have been thinking about myself and kind of where I fall on it. And one of the things that my mind just keeps coming back to is, is not just me individually, but how does the church respond to this? And I don't just mean assent. Um, I mean the church. You guys, I... Um, it's just so funny, you, you look out there and the church, and let's just be honest, the white church has been silent on this for years. They don't speak, we don't speak, we've been quiet. And one of the things that we often hear is that, well, the Bible doesn't talk about racism, Jesus didn't talk about racism, so we shouldn't talk about racism, so just be quiet and preach the Bible. I guess I want to just take a second and say to you, if Ascent is your home church, you deserve to know. You deserve to know where we're at with this and why we're at with this, because where we're at is where we believe God's heart is exactly at. And it's exactly because of what the Bible says about this, what God's heart is about this, is what we want to reflect uh, in the world around us. We're done being silent on this one. The church has got to be done being silent on this one. Because God was not silent on this one, starting in the very first book of the Bible, the first chapter of the Bible, where he makes people in his image with no superiority, no hierarchy. He makes Abraham and gives Abraham this promise that you're going to bless all nations, not just himself, every race. And that theme continues all through the Old Testament. You guys, Jesus, Jesus almost gets killed in his first public words in Luke. Because he tells them, guess what? My love 
never has been just for you. It has always been for every race, and they try to kill him for it. His most famous parable, the parable of the Good Samaritan, not a story just about being nice to some guy on the side of the road. It's a story about seeing somebody who's different than you and loving them. It is a breakthrough, you guys, and you see it in the New Testament. And Bill, I, I get, the image for me that's hit home is this image in Revelation where people are arm in arm in heaven forever singing to Jesus, black, white, every shade in between, together forever. I, I, I think about uh, this passage, somebody brought up this week this passage in 1 Corinthians 12 where basically... Uh, Paul, who we believe was inspired by the Holy Spirit when he wrote this, said, Jesus' body is the church. Compared it, he compared the church to Jesus' body and said, think about a body. If your foot is hurt, if your eye is hurt, if your hand is hurt, your entire body suffers. You can't just separate out one thing. Look, I am a white guy who was born in the suburbs, the rich suburbs but if my African-American brother or my African-American sister is hurting and we are part of the body of Christ, dang it, we all suffer. I better be suffering along with them. That's the call of the scripture, you guys. And I just got to tell you, I think about that revelation passage and I go, will I someday be standing there arm in arm with my brothers and sisters praising Jesus? Will I be able to look them in the eye and say, when you were hurt, I suffered with you? Guys, that is the heart of ascent. But it's because it's the heart of God. It's the heart of Scripture. And that's the heart that we want to invite you into as well. As we hold this weight, as we face this heaviness, as we sit in these moments of hurt and in many ways despair, we as a body and maybe you're a person that's in this moment contemplating if this is a body that you want to be a part of. I want you to know and I want us all to be reminded that it does not come without hope. What I love about the body of Christ, what I love about Jesus, what I love about what, this space that we're in is that he invites us into this space where it, we, cannot, we, we not only can hurt in this moment, but we can hope in this moment. And these two can coexist. These two are not mutually exclusive. We can hurt and hope. Hope is our anchor. Hope is our foundation. And let us never forget it. Hope. And maybe some of you are thinking to yourself, well, Maurice, you just said, this is not a time to, to trivialize things. This is not a time to, to, to just tie it up all in a bow. Let, let me let you know that as I wrestle with hurt and anger, and, and righteous anger in this moment. It's not hope that trivializes my pain. Hope does not dismiss the narrative that all of us are facing. Hope is actually what we make it on. Hope that is only found in Jesus Christ is hope. That this past week, my grandmother on a phone call said, don't you ever let it go because it is exactly what our ancestors made it on, hope. 
Hope is what your ancestors made on. Hope is what our nation has made on. Hope is what this world has made it on. And hope is what humanity needs now more than ever. Hope found in Jesus Christ. Hope is the hand that we need to squeeze in the darkest moments. Hope is the church. Hope is this place that we all can come to as a refuge, as a covering. Hope is found in Jesus. And as we, as a body, I look at this world and the humanity, that's the, all, everything that's facing our world, this sin that plagues us all, the vaccine for it all is the hope that can only be found in Jesus. Hope is the anchor. And I'm asking all of us in this moment, as I bring you into my pain, as I bring you into this moment, as we leave this time together, let us not forget to hope. I'm not only asking you to mourn with me on today, but I'm asking you to hope with me on today. Not only I'm asking you to hurt with me in this moment, to share my suffering in this moment, share your suffering in this moment, but I'm asking you to hope with me. I'm asking you to hope again as hard as it is. Pick up hope. As hard as, 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 hard as it is, I'm asking all of us to hope again. The scripture that I'm making it on these days is simply in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 20 and through 22. And it simply says, this awful day I will never forget. As I grieve this loss, yet I dare to hope. I dare you to hope. I dare you to hope through it all. I dare you to hope. Not just today. Not just over this death. Not just over this tragedy. Hope is what's going to make it through for all of us. So my prayer for us is simply, Lord, in this moment, in this season, you being the hope, you being hope that we can put our trust in, you being the very hope that we all need. Give us strength to hope again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.